What's up everyone? Welcome to another episode of Grid Bros. <laughs> episode number, I've lost count. Four or five yet. Maybe? It's yeah. number five. <laughs> yes, it's number five. We haven't done that many yet. So yeah, it's um me Abdul here. Yeah, it's me, Asim again. Okay, yeah, and uh, today we're gonna be talking about the Austrian Grand Prix and everything around it, I guess. Yeah, another sprint race. Do you know it went really fast because qualifying was on Friday. Yeah, because they cut out, basically they missed out practice session, wasn't it? They reduced yeah. the amount of practice and turned quali into where practice would have been to make space for that sprint. Yeah. Which, I don't know, how do you feel about sprint races? Because obviously we're going to get, I think we're going to get a lot more next year. I feel like, I think it, it's good for the points and everything to get ahead in points and just, it's a bit exciting, but it yeah, doesn't I, need to be there. Yeah, reason, I think I th- the, the points have changed. I think last year was only the top three got points. But this time it goes all the way down to eighth. So there's a lot more points on offer. So drivers that might not have got points in a race can get points in a sprint race yeah. if they have a good quality, which is nice. But I don't know. I don't think I miss like this weekend. I miss the original quality, like that being more important and going down to the last second. Because like sprint race, when you're in the lead, if you build up a bit of a gap, it's kind of like you couldn't expect who's going to win yeah. but whereas quality is always like down to last down to last minute last the lap. last lap for yeah. all of those those usually those red bulls and um ferraris so, yeah i think i watched quality but i didn't watch the sprint race all of it i just watched a little bit of it because i felt like it, it is that thing of you watching it and then the first few you can just see okay like in a race they're not going to need a pit stop because obviously it's only 23 laps and it was like yeah so there's no strategy involved it was just like go and there's then no I, undercut, so I didn't watch it so much because i didn't think it's literally position track yeah position. it's just that and that was it so i did watch a little bit but then i didn't finish it off fully but yeah it was good max got eight extra points uh, but you know yeah, when Charles i saw the points seven. when i looked back at the points for some reason the points difference felt so much and i was thinking how many points did it actually get that it feels so much but it wasn't that it was only eight points maximum he could get which he got yeah but yeah. And Charles got seven because he finished second. Yeah. So it was only one point difference. So it didn't make a massive difference yeah. in the championships. Yeah. Um, do you want to start talking about the race first or other things first? Quali first. Quali was quite... Oh no, back to practice. McLaren's practice. That was like probably the worst session that could have happened. Lando just got a new engine and they had to oh, yes. change it back. The new power unit. And after I think the first practice session, they had to change it back. So that was like a big flop. I feel like, do you think that's because something's wrong with the engine the whole way or is it just they've just messed up putting up a, the engine just too soon and then I think after the race they said that if they had more time to a few more laps in practice they would have realised what was wrong and fixed it but obviously with it being a sprint race and less time on the track practicing they didn't they couldn't figure it out and they thought it's just safer to go back to the old power unit rather than risk it in a race which worked fine for him because at least his one didn't yeah it did work out alright because I think both McLarens finished in the points, didn't they? They both did, yes. Yeah, double points finished, yeah, yes. even with the penalties. Yeah, oh, yeah, we'll come back to that in a second. Yeah, there was so much that happened in this race. <laughs> yeah, because, uh, you know, when, uh, before, when you look at the track and just the race, you think, okay, it's just going to be a calm race. It's just, I feel like it's happened a couple of times this year. You think it's going to be a calm race and it's just going to be, a, okay. Chill, Especially in this one, race. because there's only 10 turns and a lot yeah. of straights. So it just felt like, okay, this it's is, a chill and it was, race. what was quality was like, one minute nine or something one minute eight so it was yeah. a really short lap so you yeah. thought there's not going to be much time to like or much space to get action 
But action just keeps coming. I don't know if it's it actually hard to keep up when they were actually every time it came up, warning, warning, warning. Like I was just thinking, well, like, I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking afterwards, is it maybe because the cars are bigger now and they can't see as well? Because I know last week someone was saying that about the wheels. I think George was saying about the crash that it is a lot harder to see cars next to you with the bigger wheels and the your seat still being in the same position as it was before in the old cars. But maybe that. I know, but that wouldn't just like on the tenth race of the season. It wouldn't be like okay, everyone suddenly just stops seeing properly, and then it can go off the track. No, but because it's such, a, there's no like slow turns, are there? That it's all very there high speed. Plus, track. I think it's because you know uh, this is one of the only tracks. There might be obviously others, but this is one of the only tracks that, at the end of the, uh, basically at the end of the track line, there, it's not a wall there or a fence or like a and the elevation as well. So like it's if you're just going uphill, it's open. You don't really see. Yeah, it's the just floor paint on much. the floor. It's not. Yeah. It's not like there's something there that will stop it. So the driver has to avoid that. So it's that yeah. when the drivers are going around the turn, they can swing out. Yeah. But if it happened to like one or two drivers, you'd understand. Yeah. But because it happened to pretty much everyone on the grid, like that makes you think it's more of a track problem than the drivers. Not every driver would be saying making the same mistake. We can call it a track problem, but can we call it the stewards' problem? Why? Do you think it's a serious problem? Because is, is it the same stewards that have been there for the like, all the other uh, other races as well? Um, I think each track has their own. Okay, teams. for some reason these stewards just felt like they're so strict. They're not taking nothing. Not oh, doing... I like that though. I did like that because it was it was right as well. They said that they set up cameras specifically for the certain turns where they knew cars might be likely to go off. And apart from Checo's quali, which was super annoying, because everyone else they counted it straight away. They said like, yeah, that lap's been deleted because he's gone over. But for Char- for Checo, for some reason, they told they after waited that. afterwards. They let the reason him do they said it afterwards because there was not there was actually there's an investigation. They were looking into it, and then it was not t- no time to actually announce it at that time. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't understand why there was no time to announce it because they did it instantly know, with everyone else. We saw the replay, and it was uh, I even thought, yeah, that's obvious. He's gone over, but they let him go in at the expense of um, I think Gasly would have got to Q3 if they had deleted his lap time in time. So it just messed up Gasly a little thing. bit. Yeah, it would have been nice to see but, Gasly. Okay, just back to that. Did you think the series were not that strict? You thought like, you wanted, you liked that. No, I thought they were strict, but I thought it was good. I thought it was right. But if they do that every single race, imagine the pressure on the drivers. Not just the pressure on the driver. Imagine that. As long as it's consistent, I don't mind. Because it's not like they picked out and only targeted one driver or let a few go. Checo's one was the only problem, but. They yeah, but you know, obviously during the race, start, uh, obviously how we can see that they're counting the race and they're, they're obviously because it just comes up on the screen, we can see everybody, right? Yeah. The drivers are not being told that, oh, so-and-so's got a penalty, so-and-so's got a warning. So like in the race, during the race, when Lewis's um, a team told him um, the last lap got deleted, or yeah. was it that time or was it... Uh, you that was in the no, race, yeah. Sorry, that, that was, but I think it's the time when he said, oh, this is BS. Well, is yeah, any, yeah, yeah. I see everybody else going off as well. I think it was a bit later in the race when he uh, he got told that there's a warning. He did not know anybody else getting warnings. Then the team told him, oh, there's been penalties and warnings for other drivers as well. Yeah. So then he calmed down as, uh, for a second for a yeah, bit. Yeah, which is exactly the consistency. Which is fine, but I didn't like it that it's literally, it's so strict that it's fine to be that strict, but you can't just do it in the one race. But rules are rules. I feel like... Rules are rules, but then... This is the only track where they've gone off so badly. I don't think there's been another race where it's, there's been it's this that, that open because there's no yeah. rules or anything at the end. Like even with, the only one I can think of where Ferrari complained about Red Bull in Monaco, where they out of the pit lane, where they were saying they crossed the line. Yeah, they came out too fast and yeah, didn't cross and they said that. they crossed the line. But replays came out and it showed that they didn't cross the line, and the FIA checked it. And it's just not a big story because they checked it and it was no penalty. So, so it wasn't announced it. at that time, right there, that 
Yeah, but it, they didn't like they checked it and they've said it's fine. So yeah. there's no need for them to bring that up in the race. I think in this one, because it was penalties every time, they had they couldn't just ignore it. I think if it was like close but it wasn't a penalty, then they wouldn't have said anything and no one would have known any better. They wouldn't have realised that oh FIA actually looking at this really, really but the amount of times it was happening, it was like literally somebody... But that's the weird thing as well, because I think Lewis was doing really well in... Um, I think it was in Quali before... Oh, before that disaster. Of crash. Yeah, for both Mercedes. But before that, he was doing really well to like stay well within the lines and hit times that were putting him on course for like P2, P3, they said. So he was being really careful in Quali, but I guess in the race, when you lose a bit of grip, it is harder. Because like that thing is, in a race, it's different than Quali because... yeah. Yeah, it's a race. But yeah, I was happy with that. As if if they can stay consistent and as strict as possible for the rest of the season, no matter who it benefits or doesn't, then that's... I think there's less controversy that way because at least they're using the rules to be strict with. They're not like picking and choosing or but it felt like they were really strict here right now because even after the race when uh, all three of the drivers in the podium got fined loads of people got summoned yeah <laughs> no they, all three of them got a suspended fine of $10,000 each because their physicians came on Park Ferme oh wow did you no did I didn't you, know that literally mate I, 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 when I saw when they got, here for it when they got summoned and I, I, I when they got summoned everybody was thinking okay what's happened there because it said that obviously they've just been summoned to the FIA or steward's office or something and then afterwards it came up that um, all three of the drivers have been uh, have had a suspended $10,000 fine because their physicians yeah. came on with that permission okay and wait was it George as well on after he crashed in quali where he got I don't, I don't he know if he got, got fined he got warned track, or something yeah he got right? warned uh, yeah so at least they were consistent from but that day was a one. fair warning I thought that was a fair warning for George to walk across because I think you're not obviously because it, it said that it he, he just wanted to get to the team quicker. Yeah. Otherwise and I think they said, oh, he assumed because it was red flags, there was no cars out, blah, yeah. blah, blah. It was fine. Also, but Sebastian Rettel got a fine as well of $25,000. Oh, yeah. for I read that, but I didn't actually check what it actually was for. It said it's something about the driver's meeting. The, yeah, yeah, behavior at the meeting. It was just that he left a few, a minute, uh, he left a few minutes early without permission. <laughs> rules are rules. Austria, don't I was going to say with. that. But do you know what we see? Obviously, I... Uh, it is a lot of time. Uh, obviously, there's fines if you don't arrive into the driver's meeting. There's fine if you do. Uh, is that just before, like, when everyone's on the grid, where they have to go to the meeting just before that? Because Ted's always trying to stop. Not Ted. Um, Martin's already always trying to stop people, and he's like, "Oh, they're going to get a fine if they talk to me now." Oh, I, I thought it was. It, it, do you know you and the ones that's televised? Yeah. I thought it was those. Oh, okay. They must have loads. But they do have loads. Uh, it's those ones are. But then also, do you know post race interviews? Yeah, if they don't do post race interviews, they get fines. Yeah, that's that's standard for like most. Yeah, it's because that's like, and even if they're having the worst, that's their obligation. Yeah, they've got to talk to media. Yeah, Yeah. they have to come and talk to media. So yeah, that's that. What do you think about the tracks layout? I think I made it quite obvious from the start, right, that I didn't really like it. I thought it was so after the race. Obviously, I have a different opinion, but going into practice and quali, I thought it was a little bit boring, just because. Like, I get it. The elevation is another element that adds to it, makes it interesting. But there's only 10 turns. It's only a one minute lap. It's exactly pretty one much. minute, six seconds, yes. Yeah, one minute, six. So pretty much a one minute lap where most other tracks are like 130 or something. It looks like but easy and a simple track. I think the... Pro- I'm not sure if was, that's the problem with the track. There was quite a lot of overtakes. There was like... There, there was, was a lot but of then, Do you know at one point was, where... At one point, it got, it was where Alonso was fourth and Charles was lapping him. Yeah. Yeah, that's like 
That's ridiculous. Yeah. That is, yeah. And imagine that another 10 to 15 seconds and you're lapping the, the number third, like Lewis, and then you're definitely going to the podium. But Yeah. But I don't know. So, yeah, I thought the track was too small. Um, there were a lot of overtakes. There were a lot of battles. But like, like you say, they catch up to the back markers so quick. It makes it weird. That I would say that one really, really fun part of the race was those five cars when they got close together. When it was Lando, Magnussen... Alonso there's all five different teams as well uh, Schuma- no Schumacher and Magnussen as well oh is it so it's four different teams and Zhu those five when they got really close together that was good and Lando came out ahead of them all. and you know even in, at that thing right we've been speaking of this for a couple of uh, uh, races now is that the rules working for the new cars or just to cl- bring the pack closer because the pack is coming a lot closer yeah it is right now like for the past three races we've had three different teams in the top three which is fine. It's yeah. like, okay, Mercedes are getting better with the upgrades. But even all the other teams, it's not like, oh, everyone else is just there in the back. Everyone's got their own fight. And they are giving yeah. a fight to Mercedes as well. And if it's Mercedes, Red Bull or Ferrari, they are having a fight with them as well to like give them a good fight rather than, okay, let them pass because it's not our fight no more. Yeah, I mean, it did look like it was a nailed on Ferrari 1-2. But obviously the way it finished. We'll come back to that as well in a minute. But... Yeah, um, also, Mick Schumacher, again. He seems like a different guy now, doesn't he's he? After he got his first point. Even his in interviews, is like, yeah, oh, can we get Mick Schumacher? Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> that's a different person that's just showed up. But I feel like they obviously have understood the upgrades are working really fine for them. And obviously, yeah. he's got, they've got double points again this week as well. So that's what really, I think Haas is getting, like, done really well for themselves with the yeah, especially upgrades in... and stuff. Because these were their final upgrades. Yeah. Was it Quali or was it um, the sprint race where he was saying, I'm much quicker than Magnussen? They, but they didn't let him pass. They, they didn't let him pass. He, he wanted was to really positions. annoyed at that. Yeah, he was really angry. And then in the race, everyone was saying, oh, he showed that he was actually quicker because he finished above Magnussen, wasn't it? Yeah. But then, like, I, I agree with Is that his that highest well. finish ever, right? Because he, if he's ended up in points. First yeah. Time. So he finished number six. P6, yeah. I mean, that was really good. Which I thought, yeah, that he probably was right that he was quicker than Magnussen. But then I read this morning as well that Magnussen was Had issues. worried that his engine was going to blow up. So he was like trying to manage his engine. Yeah, and that's a lot none of that, of that we heard on the radio or anything. It was like, yeah. it, it, that was not, the, okay, just after something happened with Carlos's. He said it was most of the race that yeah. he was just managing the engine. Yeah, exactly. So that, like, I think Mick had a great race, but that doesn't mean he's like miles ahead of Magnussen. I think they're both two very good, very well matched drivers. They are good, yes. And at one point, Lance Stroll was P5 as well. Yeah, there was a lot of crazy positions because, like, one pit stop pushes everyone out, and because yeah, it's such a short track. And the way George, do you remember, it was one of the pit stops. I think it was George's first pit stop where he said, "Did he have a penalty as well?" He did have a penalty for Perez's crash. Yeah, for causing so, that collision. Uh, yeah. Even I think I'm not sure which pit stop it was. If he pitted twice, it might have been the second one, but. The way it drops down, like the positions, you're just like, whoa. But it is because yeah. the track is so, uh, everyone's Tight. so close to each everyone's other and close. the track is so quick that they just drop down in positions faster than you can. Yeah, unless you're the it. Ferraris or the Red Bulls where you can open up that gap. Yeah, everyone else was pretty much stuck together. Yeah. Speaking of that, all the teams coming really close to each other, McLaren and Alpine are, are they equal on points They're right level now? on points, yeah, both on 81. Oh, they're both 81. So is it yeah. number four and four? And then num- the bottom one, the one next is number six. Or is it four, five, six? It's four, five, six at the moment. I don't know if they use like, who's got a higher driver. To I don't know how it was because it did say that McLaren has overtaken Alpine in the constructors. So I was assuming it's 
they probably look at more finishes or more laps led or more le- something. Yeah, there must be something they look at because Lando is the highest driver of those of those teams. So maybe it's highest in what sense of the in the driver drivers? Point. Yeah, in the drivers' championship, Lando is the highest of those four drivers of okay. the Alpines and McLaren. So, so maybe there is a driver. Maybe it is that. Yeah. Okay, we should look into that for the next episode just to clarify. That. Yeah. But um, yeah. What do you think about Perez? What happened to Perez? Uh, why did he DNF first? Oh, because he so he retired, right? It was because of the crash. There was too much damage. So, looking back at it, I thought it was like, I didn't think it was anyone's fault. I thought like George gave enough space. Checo did what he was going to do. Like, I felt like tried uh, to Checo right. squeezed George a lot. No, but afterwards, did you hear the interview from George? I didn't. Hear he came out and said he lost some grip, so that's why he couldn't make the turn properly. So, okay. and he did get penalized for it. So, it, you could say it was George's fault. But yeah, I thought his race was going to be over then, but Checo somehow got back on the track. And then I thought Silverstone happened last time, like he was That's right all at the back. Well. I was thinking, yeah, yeah. And then I thought his race was done at Silverstone, but he came back to finish P2. So I was like, it's never over when it's Checo. But as it was going on, I think the team just decided there was too much damage and there was no chance he was going to get in points. So it just wasn't Because worth. he was lapped at one point. Yeah, he was lapped. Exactly. And it's such a quick track. It's hard to catch anyone on, those, yeah. on that track. Um, and I think... It just wasn't worth it for Red Bull to put more strain and more wear on that engine and that car when they know they're not really going to get points and just save it for next race. So they retired him. So it looked like it was going to be two Ferraris versus um, Max. It looked like it was going to be Charles, Carlos and Max on the podium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think at that point, Max was still ahead. So it was like, can Max hold on to this or can he like fight with Charles at least? But... But I, I think, think that's the first overtake from Charles, right? It looked like, okay, it's going to be a fight between him and uh, him, uh, Charles and Max. Yeah, so the first one looked but like it was a bit of defending. When Max, t- you heard on the radio and stuff, Max was just saying, my ties are deeper. Yeah, so after that first one, how it looked like, yeah, it was going to be an interesting battle. But then afterwards, the second one, even we all just said, like, he just let him pass there, surely. Yeah, and then you hear the radio and he's like, he's decided, yeah, that... A lot faster. These are way faster and the tires are not giving him enough grip. So he can't really battle. It's just going to be like... I think that's the maturity in Max's game that's come through this year. I think last year he would have like battled as hard as he could for that first championship. It meant everything. But now he's playing the long game, is which is a lot smarter because you can risk like yeah, finishing that's the thing way you lower. Because I think yeah. last year it is that thing as well. He he has learned a lot from last year. Yeah, definitely. Like everybody can sit here and say anything and everything about Max. Okay, Max is this or Max is that, but. Looking at last year, he's he, you can tell that it's, yeah, it's you a can't deny max. he's changed. Yeah. It's a different max yeah. because last year's max would say things as well in interviews and everything. Yeah, now he's a lot more calmer and just everything is just so much more calculated and not yeah. in the I don't mean calculated in the sense that oh no, in a good it's way, just, not, in a good way. Yeah, yeah. he's everything is just but more careful. He's he's careful with a lot of things he says because he know it doesn't just come back on him now. Yeah, it comes back on the champion as a champion and. Yeah. on the whole team yeah he is driving and acting more like a champion yeah, yeah. So, which is good for him so yeah so he let I suppose you could say he let the Ferrari pass no you can't say that he let the Ferrari pass because <laughs> not because he's played the long game or he's no I would I would say that I would not say that the Ferrari passing because the Ferrari was the better yeah the car. Ferrari was much quicker but he didn't defend Ferrari it because he knew it was quicker yeah it was I'm green it was yeah, definitely the better car it's just that because it, it, you, you literally just said we can say he let the Ferrari pass he, yeah, Ferrari he, passed him okay Ferrari let me rephrase it he let the Ferrari pass because he knew it was faster like we both agreed because he knew the Ferrari was, was a better car yeah he knew it was a better car that's why he let it go because there's no point fighting it 
Yeah? That's fine, yes. Yeah, so we both agree on that. And then the next Ferrari was going to take him as well. Yes. Like, Carlos was just about to overtake him. Then the smoke just came. And yeah. that car caught fire in, like, seconds. I don't know. Faster than you expect. Because, do you know when he was parked? Obviously... The way he stopped, it was a bit... Uh, it, was, it was like he was, uh, was literally steepio. about to press overtake or like do the move. He was do something. He was about to do... He was do something. He was about to do... Definitely do something. But then... Because you you see the smoke come out just before he got... He was about to go into the corner. Yeah. And he realised... Yeah, just he about just, he moved on the inside he, line. He, he, and he, then, re- he moved towards the left. But then... When he stopped... You see, obviously, he, he has stopped the car and he's trying to get out of the car. We can see the fire now. Yeah, but the car's rolling back, so he has to keep going in to actually stop the car. Like, yeah, so it's like when he let go of the brake. It yeah, was every time he would yeah. do that, it would roll back. But he's doing that. If you look at the video, we saw this afterwards, right? One of the marshals that's running towards the car. Yeah, I don't know what maybe. he went back to get, but he put the fire extinguisher down. He and put ran the back extinguisher to... down and turned around. And I was thinking, like, okay, if you're passing it to someone, that's different, right? But you're the first marshal. You just put it down and turn back. But like, there's another marshal there. Just yeah, but what is your job as a fire marshal, bro? I know. To use a fire extinguisher. And he just put his extinguisher down and turned back. While Carlos is like... this. By this time, the fire is huge. The fire was... Yeah, and yeah. Carlos is like rolling and he's like, I give up on the car now. I just need to jump out. This is just going to keep rolling. Which you have to do. Cause yeah, exactly, I, I, which I'm could, glad you he You can see the other marshal that, was, that got first right next to the car. He did try putting something under the tyre. So yeah. it doesn't roll back, but that didn't but work. That, those cars are heavy, yeah. They, it wouldn't work, but then... Because the fire extinguisher is there... Obviously, we can say it now, looking back at it, but I guess when you're there, you're panicking about so many things because the ro- car is rolling back. But who are you talking from the fire marshal's point of view? Fire marshal's point of view, and just everyone's afterwards because nah, I don't I, give I them just, no. They they're trained for that. That's their only job. Yeah, but the car's yeah. rolling. Back. I think he was tra- they were trying to stop the car from rolling back in a way that I don't know what the marshal was thinking. Someone needs to get a marshal on the interview and <laughs> ask him what happened there. <laughs> Because when he put that little, uh, not uh, it looked little, but when he put that piece of brick there to stop the car from rolling back, it did nothing. That did not work. That just like felt like it fell out the way, and then the car started rolling back. But it looked like Carlos's helmet had a bit of fire on it. But yeah. that fire afterwards, when you actually see the car, that yeah, it fire was getting was big huge. quick. And yeah, it I don't know. Obviously, it's good that he got out. He got he, yeah. It was really really good that he got out in time and everything, but. Something needs to be done in a sense that there needs to be more marshals on the corners where, regardless if there's going to be an incident or not, because we don't know. Like, like at, at Silverstone, Silverstone, I was just going to say, we saw like how they reacted. Yeah, but they, that was at really that corner, quick. it just happened to be, I don't know if it happened to be or what it was. But no, they've got their stations, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah, so that first corner at Silverstone had the ambulances parked there before anyway, and there was yeah. marshals there. And then, you know, just uh, at uh, the farm curve there's marshals there's also all yeah. the marshals run towards one side where the crash is whereas here i feel like because it's a long straight and the corners are so that there weren't that many marshals you could see everywhere or something yeah like i don't know in silverstone as well i think they had marshals at like every gate just in case people try to get on the track maybe. yeah that was different as well, yeah. yeah so they had them stationed that in in those positions but maybe in austria they don't everyone looks like they're so far away from the track maybe they don't yeah, I guess so. But whatever, whatever the reason was, they need to look into that and sort that out. Or yeah, that just, we're talking about the marshal right now. But Ferrari need to look into their engines like yesterday, like last <laughs> like year, like a, a month ago. They need to sort the engines but out. How many, times how many engines have they had? Yeah, uh, go on. Sorry. Yeah, how many times is going to happen before? How many like, times has it happened? 
I don't know. I was saying last week that I think Red Bull have had more DNFs, but we don't. We won't count Checos because that was a retirement, right? That was the team decided. No, no I'm not even to- comparing so them with DNFs or anything. I'm just t- talking about now. how many engine failures has Ferrari had right now? Four? Should we check? Or has it been five? But also, while you check the engines, I do just want to say, it's not just that it's happening with Ferrari only as a team. It's everyone who's got Ferrari engine. We saw it literally. Do you remember? Was it Azerbaijan when it happened in a row to every single Ferrari engine nearly? One by one. Yeah, one by one. But just like that, when it happened to Carlos Sainz, right? Afterwards, we learned that Haas had the same issue like with um, Kieran Magnussen as well, that he was managing the engine because he wasn't sure if it's going to make it to the end. But talking about the engine, it's not just the engine. It's other things are well. when Charles, literally, as soon as Carlos Sainz was out, Charles, his radio, every time the radio came on, Everyone thought that this is it. There was His, panic. Uh, uh, but also, the pedal cam that they had at Silverstone for Lando, I really think they need to like, get it in there already now because for, for the race in Austria now under Charles, that would have been like, that would have shown what he's actually having to do while doing all the race. Everything else of the pressure and everything else that's there. Yeah, because what did they tell him? Just use your foot to use bring, your foot up to to bring it up. Yeah, he goes, the throttle's, getting, the throttle's getting stuck. Use your foot to bring it up. And then he was using his foot to bring it up and you could... Literally, and then he, what? What turn did he say? Turn ten, yeah. or turn three? No, he's a ten three. Is the hard? Like it was really hard. On the as you get to turn three, you could see him losing a bit of time. But imagine that. There's billions that have gone into your team, and what's happening? Obviously, I guess it happens. It's it's normal. It's not normal. It's okay for it to happen and then to adjust to. Yeah, but it's just because so many times it's happened to Ferrari. Now it's just becoming comical. Whatever happens, it's okay for them to say, okay, if it was just like a one-off issue that okay, lift the throttle up with your foot, work around. Everybody would like just be like, okay, would would love to see how that worked out, but how that happened. But but yeah, it's like you keep thinking about when is Ferrari going to sort this out because. It's just costing them everything. It's costing Charles a championship. So have you checked it now? Yeah, so Charles has only had two DNFs this year. Um, Baku and Spain. No, I don't mean DNFs. Yeah. I mean engine like engine blow-ups or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, but they would have been... The is DNFs, that the, right? both the times they've had to change the engines then? Yeah. But Charles's engine is fine, but Carlos's engine is... Now it's Carlos's one that blew up. Is this the first That's time his one's done it? Um, his DNFs, I don't know if they've all been... Engine issue. Engine I, I remember there was a hydraulics well. issue once. That was in Baku as well, I think. Oh, yeah. Carlos has had the bad luck. So, Australia, he retired. Um, Italy, he retired. Baku, he retired. And Austria, now he's retired. So, that's fourth. Yeah, fourth And considering time. he's, like, in the fight for the championship with four DNFs as well, it makes you think, like, he really actually could have been, like, up there. With Max and Charles, if yeah, he's car reliable, that. I feel like obviously for, for this year Ferrari, obviously they they are going to sort of definitely next season this is going to get sorted out because next season this cannot be a problem. If this is a problem, this has to be the learning curve. Yeah, for if sure. this is a problem next season, then something needs to be changed in Ferrari's like Charles come to Red Bull no we don't uh, I didn't mean like that I didn't mean drivers need to get changed I meant something needs to get changed along the lines of Wait, if it doesn't change then it's only a matter of time before drivers are going to get fed up yeah that's fine that brings me up to my next point as well remember when I was saying about Toto's interview after the race so they asked him about um, George and Lewis and how their relationship is because they finished for third and fourth and they've been really consistent. This is like another podium for Lewis. 
and George has finished every race that he's finished he's been top five right yeah. so they were just saying how the relationship is with the two drivers and Toto was saying yeah it's great Lewis is teaching him and they're like you can tell they get on and he was saying and then like they didn't ask him about this but he just said kind of like the Ferrari boys like you see them and they get on really well for now when he says for now do you mean he was saying like oh they get on now but that's not gonna last I can see them getting like aggressive with each other soon like you, when you watch it back you'll agree with me like I'll find the clip for you afterwards but it was a bit like a little sly comment and I was thinking why but is, is that him saying it because they're obviously going to be competing for a championship soon enough yeah as in the two of them are going to be competing next year yeah. they're going to be competing for a championship amongst themselves I don't know if he meant next year or he meant like sooner than that like later because on this year in a couple of seasons a couple of races maybe he's reacting to Silverstone when um, Carlos got the team orders of like oh yeah hold up everyone which was unrealistic and you saw Carlos go on and win the race. And then I think it was it this quali as well where he or was it a sprint race where he tried to Yeah, the sprint race where he was actually battling with Charles for a little while and everyone was saying afterwards that Max needs to thank Carlos for that win because it made it a lot more comfortable for him because um Carlos ended up slowing down Charles when they were battling quite a okay. bit. But yeah, I just thought that comment was a little bit like don't give Ferrari more troubles than they need. They're already like but that's struggling. Not they get along really well. Like even the videos you watch of them, they literally just chill out. They get along like. I think it's. I don't know if that's just a Carlos thing because Carlos got on really well. Lando as well. Yeah. But Charles is really like they just get along. They just I guess they're similar ages. That's why maybe. But saying that, Mercedes is not going to have those issues is because Mercedes know that right now there's a one and two there. Yeah, there's a big. Yeah, big there's difference. a big difference. Like ones at the start yeah, of his it's career. It's not that they're both number ones or they're both number twos or something like that. So Mercedes can come out and say these things. But for Ferrari, I guess eventually, it's always about at the start. Even if the drivers are battling each other, yeah, it's fine to have it at the start of the season. But after like halfway or, or towards the end, even the drivers, they've understood in a sense that, okay, one of us is fighting for a championship now, one of us is not. So yeah. it's fine. You kind of get behind the other person then. But that's, we're think, nowhere near that stage yet. We are not. Think, but yeah. Next season, we might be. We no, might. I mean, like even for this season, I don't think we're at a point where we can say only Charles is fighting or one Ferrari driver is fighting. They're both in it just as much as each other, I think. They both are, yeah. but I feel like Charles has more points right now. Yeah, but we're he's just closer under to it, halfway then. through the season. So yeah, he's more long, closer long to it than that. But then do you mean as in it's going to happen this season then? They're going to want to fight each other this season? Yeah. So is that going to be another Nico Rosberg, Lewis Hamilton thing? But they were best friends from young. That's different. But these are just, obviously, we don't know obviously the background of it, but... It, but we've seen it happen guys. before. We've seen it happen before Which when two drivers... Because if you think about the grid, how many teams can actually win the championship if we look at the actual cars? So this year, we would say like it's Red Bull or Ferrari, right? Yeah. Next year, you'd expect Mercedes to come back in that battle as well and I'd hope McLaren as well somehow get, yeah. part, get in there as Agreed. well so it'd yeah, be yeah, nice yeah. to have four teams in there yeah exactly but if you're looking at it so from Carlos's point of view now you've only got Red Bull and you could arguably say after that race the Ferrari looked way better than Red Bull on what a track that I thought was going to be a Red Bull strong track so this is like a massive point especially coming back with your first win as well like we said Mick looked different after getting his points Carlos looked like he was ready to fight for everything to get another podium there. Which is fine. Yeah, exactly. Which is good. Which is what it should be. But, yeah. but I guess yeah. as drivers, eventually you do kind of understand that, okay, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is what it is. But I guess we, if we can think of it and we can speak it, they know it as well. It's they, yeah, they're definitely. the ones doing it. They're the ones going to be doing it. So 
I guess get along with each other as much as you can for as long as you can because eventually there's going to be tensions there but you never know those tensions just might not rise like everybody assumes they will because Max and Danny were like great friends though. they still are but like now tension. they are because they're in different teams yeah exactly but, but that tension can still point, happen that right? got to a point where it was just like who's going to throw what who's exactly punch the other person <laughs> first so that's yeah. what it felt like that time yeah but I guess it is that thing it is interesting it's going to be interesting to see because like when you think of those kind of relationships it's a good sign for the teams as well because it means you've got two drivers actually fighting yeah which is which is a good thing but I feel yeah, like you know, in a sense a lot of people just support Ferrari in the sense that, oh, yeah, Ferrari as a team. Obviously, everyone has yeah. their own teams, but obviously, they're going to be a bit broken. <laughs> but I'm just a carless person. <laughs> so I'm going to be fine because I know what side I'm on. I like Charles. I like Charles a lot. <laughs> but if it comes between choosing the two, I'm choosing Carlos. Carlos is the boy. Yeah, Carlos yeah. is our boy. Yeah. And it's, that's fine. And um, I guess, obviously, if Charles wins the championship, I'm happy for him. I'd like him to win it this year as well. If it's not, against, if it's not him and Carlos and... If it's him and Max, I'd like Charles to become champion. Just to have another champion, just to make it just more Just to have another, yeah, more, another champion rather than I just think Max, Max, Max. I always said, like, I like Charles, I wouldn't mind it. But when it gets close to it, I know I'm going to be like, oh, I really want Max to win. When it comes down to it, I can say now, like, oh, I don't mind who wins. But if it comes down to it, I want Max to win it. Yeah, I just if, know For that, me, if it know. comes down to just Charles and uh, Max, then I'd like uh, Charles to win it. But if it comes down to Carlos and Charles, then I can say I don't mind as well, but then... I think if Charles wins, oh sorry, I think I think if Carlos wins, it just makes me that much more happier. <laughs> it, it just is. It's that thing of I think it is that thing of the connection you have with the drivers because I think if we, had we met Charles like, like we'd met Carlos, it'd be know. different. I don't know. But you would never we get that never time same that, yeah. thing with Charles because <laughs> what you do, with, yeah, it is that thing. You There's never know. It's many, just yeah. yeah, just assuming. But it is what it is. We'll just talk about what is, yeah, rather than what could have been or what can be. Yeah, yeah exactly so moving on from this but staying on team principles Ooh. not just team principles oh. <laughs> just earlier this week Helmut Marko came out and said something along the lines of oh that took I thought he was going to talk about McLaren but what did he I was going to I'm going to come to McLaren after as well but obviously McLaren is not that big of an issue right now for me but Helmut Marko came out and said uh, that they've hired a psychologist to work oh, with yeah. Yuki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like even if you, even if every single team has that, please, can uh, we need to like get to a point where not everything needs to be announced because it makes it seem like it, obviously, <laughs> if, even if Yuki's fine with it, I'm not because <laughs> it comes across as though he needs a psychologist to work with him to manage his anger issues or something during the race. But in an interview, when it when it was asked, Yuki was asked about this, right? Yuki came across as though he was fine with it. It's like answering it for the people. Yeah. But do you know, in Yuki's interview, for some reason, I felt as though he felt down from what happened at Silverstone as well because he took the blame for like a crash. Oh, did he? He did, yeah, because afterwards he apologised to everybody as well, saying, Oh, yeah, for hitting Pierre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I feel like in this interview, it's it's that thing, it's the worst time to actually put it out there that, okay, he's got a psychologist working with him because when he was asking an interview... It was him, Max was there as well, and then there was a, a three other drivers as well. But when they, when he was asked, he kind of took it in a sense that, yeah, I'm fine with it. It just yeah. helps me more. But then when Max, Max wasn't asked the same thing that, do you have somebody like that as well? But when Max was asked about this, Max kind of just said, if I'm not reacting to the, like, 
if I'm not having these, um, not a lot, not exactly these words, but he's he said something along the lines that if I'm not having these reactions in my car, then I should go do something else. Why can't we say that about Yuki as well? Why can't Yuki have the same reactions or similar reactions to all the other drivers? But like what? I, I am no. Not... I do you think so? Are you saying that Yuki's behavior to you is normal, like no different to any other driver? Would you say that okay, Lando needs one as well because what happened? No, last no, no. Year? Wait, just just about Yuki first. I'm just trying to understand what your point is. Okay, first, I haven't genuinely. actually seen that much of his behavior to know if it's normal or not, or if it's fine. Okay, I think he's just really aggressive, like needlessly aggressive on the, to the audio team. as well. Yeah, to the team, he's always like swearing at them, whatever. Like even if they're asking him about the tires and stuff, he just swears back at them. Which I get it. That's your personality. Fine. Not saying that's a problem with you. That's how you talk to your team. Fine, but it's not the most helpful way to talk in a race. Like when they need I've information or they I've need your. I've heard him swear sometimes here and there, but. I it's good to the point where it's becoming like a meme like that's you okay, he's getting known for that, that. i so, must yeah. be living under a rock somewhere but i yeah. missed that part but i just thought even if it was that was an issue right it's not you i don't know if it's right to come out and just say he's got a psychologist working with him because that just looks like oh psychology i think it's like yeah somewhere. i think it's just because maybe you wasn't aware of it but it's kind of like everyone knows that yuki's got a problem so they're just because oh, when i heard that. that i was like whoa like what are you trying to say here? i wasn't surprised i was like yeah about time <laughs> Okay, when I just uh, <laughs> clarify a little bit. When I said the thing Lando needed, because I was going to go back to Japan when it started raining. Yeah. Just that part, because that time Lando was just like to the team, he's all shut up, but that's just normal. That's yeah, like no, one-off. that was a one-off situation. Lando, that no, was for that's his, what I'm saying. Lando, that, that, is, that is like a one-off for Lando. It's not, if Zach Brown came out and said, oh yeah, we've hired a psychologist for that, literally everybody, just like, it'd be an uproar about that. Yeah, <laughs> they, but Yuki's situations are always like, okay, when I'm not comparing the, the two, pack, but I yeah. was not aware that Yuki does that. Yeah, on the radio. he does that quite a lot. Okay. Because I've seen them all say stuff on the team. But he is getting better. Like On the radio. Like but. you said, after the crash with Pierre, he came out and said, like, yeah, that's my fault. Sorry for the team. Blah, blah, blah. So maybe it's working. Maybe it's helped. Okay. Maybe I'm not focusing on Yuki so much. Yeah. I've got too many other drivers on the grid, <laughs> grid that I prioritise that I'm not, <laughs> I haven't like, noticed that much so much. But no, I like Yuki. Yeah, um, I like him as well. Alfa Tori had... Um, a podcast on their official account on Twitter, I think, and they had him as the live guest, so you could listen in live and ask him questions and stuff. So it was quite interesting. Since then, I kind of liked him more and more. So yeah, that's good. I think it's that thing of uh, with drivers, especially not with just drivers, with anybody who you watch or who you look up to, you haven't met. It's that thing. The more they open up, it gives you like insight. Yeah, that thing. Yeah, just like watching Wimbledon yesterday. Off topic for a second, but yeah, <laughs> like I like Djokovic, but Nick. After when I watch Nick's interviews, not really and you just get to know a little yeah, bit about him, like it's his foundation, like, you appreciate them a little bit. That, his story. Oh, I hope next time you get to the finals and win, win if it's not against Djokovic. But moving on, <laughs> sorry about that. But yeah, moving on, just to Zach Brown again. Um, Zach Brown has obviously said about Daniel's contract and just uh, the whole thing. I think it's that thing. This was never put to bed fully in a sense that nobody Zach Brown did come out and say oh yeah we're working with Daniel a few weeks ago like, okay we're sorting stuff out but it was never put to bed in the sense that okay we've sorted everything out and it was not never clarified that yes Daniel is staying till the end of 23 I was going to say I thought it was because even Daniel came out Daniel said it and said yeah it's done if but, you want to talk about it you can talk about it but from our point of view it's finished okay, but Daniel said that but yeah. Zach, I, I'd never I, even though Zach Brown had just commented on it a little bit He'd never actually put it to rest like it, he, it has now. Like, basically, I just, uh, 
now Zach Bryan has said that obviously Daniel is here till the end of 2023 and there's no like it's not that there's a thing not in these words but it's not that he's being replaced or anything that it's just that we're happy with how he's going to be That's performing and he and understands that it, yeah. and also it's just that he can only drive the car the better the car we give him the better he can drive yeah so McLaren has taken the blame on them a little bit it feels like slightly that yeah they've accepted car that as well rather issues. than just Daniel being somehow not winning Autumn, races somehow, or bad somehow just being a bad driver yeah because that's how he came across at the start yeah which I was offended by but <laughs> yeah you definitely were because <laughs> yeah, I do get like <laughs> yeah but then at the end he did add that would would be happy with it if Daniel was driving more like Lando as in I think he said if he can match Lando's driving match Lando yes yeah. which is understandable right You'd want both drivers. You would you, want both drivers to be closer to each other on the grid yeah. and just everywhere in points. But same matching Lando is. Imagine they. Especially because, like we said before, in the constructors, Alpine are now level and they've got Alonso and Ocon, so it is a really strong battle there. Yeah, because that's both the drivers are similar level. Yeah, exactly. But Daniel There's, and Lando oh wait, are. I would say Alonso is really, really, really yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, as in right now in the Alpine. Are you saying Alonso and Ocon are similar level? In the Alpine, not just Alonso as a, as a driver. Okay, yeah. In the Alpine, they're performing. They're performing similar levels. Similar level. It's not okay. that okay. Alonso is just always finishing so much better than, and Ocon yeah. is just finishing somewhere down, not in the points or at the end. That's what I mean. But obviously, Ocon got a P six. Yeah, if right, not P six. Ocon got P five. P five. Yeah, which is even better. Even better. Yeah. So yeah, and Alonso got. Alonso was P ten, but yeah. he started from back of the grid. Yeah, he did. Yeah, good result for him. But coming back to Daniel and Lando, I feel like if you compare the two, there is a comparison because they're in the same team. But the comparison between the drivers is obviously Daniel has a lot more experience from everywhere else he's been. So Okay, should we look at it on the driver standings? Maybe what, that's what he meant. Yeah, the points. So Norris no, has I, got... Obviously, I know where Daniel is on the points. But oh, how many he's got? I don't know how many he's got exactly. He's got 17, has he? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and Lando's got eighty-one. Uh, sorry, no. not eighty-one. Um, what's he got? Forty something. Forty-seven. Sixty-four. Sixty-four. But no, I don't mean it is that uh, compare it on the points like that. It's the comparison, as in that's probably the easiest way to compare it. Like that's not subjective. Like you can't argue with the numbers, right? If we're going to compare two drivers at the same team, the best way to fairly look at it is the points, right? I don't think so, but okay, we'll set up for that for now. We'll agree to disagree for the moment because I have lost my train of thought. So we'll disagree and agree at the same time, but we'll come back to that another time. Yeah, Daniel's a touchy subject. <laughs> Not really, is it? Yep. You're like my cousin with Charles. If you talk about Charles, there's like, you can't say anything, even if like you're making a fair point about it. He got him, like that when I was there, when we were at Silverstone and that uh, I was supporting Carlos and he was there like, why is Carl? I was thinking, mate, you're a Ferrari fan. Like, be was, happy, yeah. Hold on for a second, just be happy for a second because you're a Ferrari fan. But then, when I, I actually just had to move away from him. Yeah, that's like you. <laughs> I genuinely had to move away. I was like, I cannot have anybody here anywhere right now near me who's gonna try to say Carlos cannot win this. <laughs> I was just like, I need to move. <laughs> but yeah, now he knows why I moved. <laughs> yeah, speaking of constructors as well, can you read out the constructors table, please, from the bottom up? Because um, we know to top four, five already, so yeah. Or should we do it from the top? Uh, let's just do it from the top, folks. Do it from the top. Just down, for sorry. you. Okay. So it's Red Bull, then Ferrari, then Mercedes, 
and they're quite clear if, like everyone else they're all 200 plus points then it gets tight so it's McLaren and Alpine both on 81 then in sixth is Alfa Romeo which is quite a little bit surprising because they've got you like brand new driver in F1 so you would have given him some slack but he's, he's doing really well, really well. yeah and the old head of Bottas with him really strong team then seventh place is Haas which is a bit of a surprise but, but Haas has done really well they've okay. actually got really really how many well. points has Haas got 34 34 so that's um, what um, is that like 10 points from the past two races were they on 20 something then I don't know because yeah because obviously they've gone up now fast because they've had a really good finish in this one uh, in Austria and then obviously Silverstone they had double points as well but okay. yeah 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 next? so that's boosted them up a bit as well yeah at the right time and then quite surprisingly eighth is Alpha Tauri okay wow which yeah you wouldn't have thought that at the start of the season would you Pierre and Yuki you would have thought strong team especially last season but they've just been struggling this year um, and then ninth place is Aston Martin who third time in a row they didn't make Q1 both of their drivers Vettel and yeah. Stroll were out in the bottom five which I was like Aston Martin you expect a lot more from it because of the drivers they have yeah and but the car was really strong. But then the car was always been good. But it's, I, I think they it's interviewed not as um, as the others. Stroll's dad is the owner, right? Still, yeah. Um, he was on the. I love how now his, uh, his 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 introduction is Stroll's dad rather than uh, Lance Stroll's introduction being, oh yeah, his dad owns the company. <laughs> it's changed a bit. We're gone. No, I forgot his name. I genuinely forgot his name. Mr. Stroll. Mr. Stroll <laughs> yeah, <God. laughs> was on the grid. I can't remember what race it was. And then um, Martin bumped into him and he was like, do you know why you're doing so bad in quality? And he was like, yes. And then Martin was like, are you going to tell me more? And he's like, nope. <laughs> so they know, maybe they say they know what's wrong with the car, but it's happened again. So, okay. And last place is Williams, but they've got three points. So every team's got points already now. Oh, so which is a good thing, but obviously, I guess for Williams, you do kind of feel a little bit bad because it's only three points. Where are you getting with three points? Yeah, but it is still good to actually have something on the board. What was it? Gunter's famous quote last year <laughs> in the Drive to Survive, where he'd do anything for a point. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Alfa Tori, I'm surprised Alfa Tori is so low. So far down, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Cause I, because uh, we actually look out be, for Pierre and we yeah, like... I think that's just Pierre. Like, that's just our Pierre problem. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I think that you'd expect it to be just obviously above Haas. I'm not sure about above Haas. Uh, On Alpine. paper, yeah, you would expect them to finish above, yeah. yeah but, but it's just been oh, wow. a weird season. That yeah. is surprising, to be honest. I think when you look at it like that, when you look at a table and look at it down like that, then it is... It then you like really that, appreciate how also, good... How's it doing? Just before we come to the end of the episode, I do just want to speak about. I'm just thinking, do we speak about the smoke first? Do you know, what do you think? Let's start the, with the smoke, yeah. Yeah, what do you think about the smoke flares at the Austrian Grand Prix? Like, I thought they were normal. Like, it happens in a lot of sports. I don't like it, but I don't think it's like. Bad Even the amount for... that was there. Did you. Did you it did was you... a little bit excessive. Yeah. It was very excessive. Like, I thought it was just too much because. Even, do you know before, everybody was saying how, oh, how's it going to get pushed onto a track? And it's not, uh, by the time it gets to the track, not everybody, sorry. It'll be thinned out, yeah, it won't. Yeah, it'll be thinned out, but we heard Max afterwards saying, oh yeah, I didn't mind driving through it. So clearly it's there that you have to drive through it. Yeah, but he didn't mind. He didn't mind, but ob- yeah. obviously it can come. Did anyone else comment? Uh, I haven't actually heard that many comments, but if so it, it can come to the track bad. and you kind of have to drive through it, 
I think that's the problem because normally here it's like the way they check your bags and stuff. They would net, yeah, so I think it's in. a problem for the security at Austria. Like they should have checked it better. But once we're there and it was in the stands and whatnot, I think they were quite it's bound to get far used. back. They were quite far back from the track anyway. So I thought by the time it gets to the track, it will be like thinned out. Like I was comparing it to football. How? But football in just football, a pitch, yeah, you're no, running. yeah, but sometimes in football they throw it onto the pitch, so that's a problem because it's like it's going off on the pitch in front of so someone. Imagine it was like that's how thick it was. Like where you where you let it off is really thick. That's I get. That's a problem. Yeah. So for the fans, it will be an issue. Like if you don't want to be in that stand, that's a max stand or whatever, then you don't want to be you're like really just seeing it. orange flares everywhere without being able to see the track. So for the fans' point of view, I get it. Like if I was sitting next to them, I'd be annoyed. Like that's ruining my. Um, but you know, when you see it afterwards, it's literally it's just the whole stand is just covered in smoke. Yeah, you can't see nothing but the smoke. Yeah, but that's yeah that comes down to the security there. They need to be better at not just security. I think if it's banned, it's banned. Don't bring it in. Oh, people are obviously going to try it, but we're talking about once you try it, it's down to the security. Like they're, oh yeah, it's stopping like that. Yeah, yeah, but I guess if there's so many people doing, there's only so much they can do to stop it because then. They're not really going to stop the race and start kicking people out. If this, imagine they start in there and people throw it down the track. Yeah, it's impossible to deal with once it's in there. Yeah. Okay. But that does bring us to the next part. From the smoke to the next part of the atmosphere, I suppose you could say, there was a lot of like, I think it was just on the atmosphere, or the people, people's behaviors, and just yeah, the, no, I'm, I mean like the experience yeah, for the fans, atmosphere, the atmosphere. Yeah. I get that in a sense, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, like literally Sorry. on Friday, there was a lot of like tweets going around and like. Big Formula One accounts, not official F1, but a lot of like journalists and stuff and accounts that we follow for like news on F1 were retweeting it. And even by the end of Friday, Lewis got involved and put it on his story. Saying yeah, then that, it got worse on Saturday. Yeah, it but I was just saying those like comments came out on Friday already where people were saying that they think they're just not going to go on Saturday or Sunday, even though they've got race tickets. They're just we didn't mention what happened. Gonna... We just mentioned comments. Basically, yeah. it's, obviously there's news and there's just everybody complaint. There's been complaints from the crowd, from the fans, and just from people who were present at the Grand Prix, that a lot of people there were just being really sexist or just being really racist. Not really yeah. being really racist. They were being racist. Yeah, racist and sexist was the biggest one. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, by the end of the day, Lewis came out and was like, we need to do something about it. Report this to F1. I know, but even when you report it, how can, are they really going to find those people? Well, by the end, like, if someone like Lewis is making it known like giving it publicity and like calling it out for what it is then you would hope that the F1 are going to have to react they will but it's that thing they will never will they ever be able to find that those people in particular I mean okay you're banned from coming to the next one well considering how many race. people were, were yeah, complaining about it it was because you know we've, of, been, yeah. like, we've been to races right it's that thing if one thing happens and one person complains about it or two people or ten people complain about it it's not really an issue or it's just an issue in that part of the track yeah if it's 10 people but if it's like so many people complaining about it that means it's just everywhere like at least hundreds maybe in the thousands yeah. it's just everywhere it's not just one side of the track or one crowd it's and if someone's saying out. that they don't want to go to saturday or sunday even though they've gone out there just for the race and they've got tickets for the race then it must be pretty serious yeah it must be because imagine that's like, ruining and i was going to say as well when i read about it first like this year i think from the races that we've been to, there's been a lot of people going to their first race. Yeah. 
Yes. I think that after last year, the way it ended, after Drive to Survive, everything, Formula One's getting big. This year has become like a lot of people's first year well, like going to a race. After the pandemic as well. It's like this yeah, is that as well. Every, a lot of places you can actually go Yeah, so to people are going. So imagine like Austria was someone's first race. And that's that going to put them off. That's going to put them off Formula One. Not, not just Formula One, sports in general. Because yeah, like... No, no. Going to sports. Yeah, yeah, it was a like... I don't know about you, but for us, or like for me, it was like always in the back of my mind, like that kind of side of people drinking and getting like... No, just drinking, just getting like that to you. Getting like that, yeah, and ruining your experience. Like it is very possible, yeah? Yeah, it is, but... but it's, uh, it's something that plays in the back of your mind, it but is. it shouldn't, it shouldn't be something that you have to consider, but especially in like the 21st century that we're living in. But now we go to Austria and it's the but main that's, thing that's going on. Yes. That is everywhere. Do you know, it's just that, it's that how, obviously in Austria it got really bad. That's why it's, it's become a big issue. It's an issue in a lot of places. It's everywhere. It just happens. It's like you go to a race, you expect that in the back of your head. That, But that's what I was going to say. Like, mind. We didn't, like Barcelona was fine. Right? Barcelona was, was... Silverstone was really good. Yeah we, yeah, we can say it was really good. It wasn't like the same as Barcelona. Yeah, in Austria, it is the worst. Even obviously Formula 1 came out to the F1 did uh, say that. Yeah, they, they are going to be statement. looking into this more and then taking further action. Now, I think we're just going to have to wait and see what the further action is. But what would you think, like, what do you think they can do? I know, I just, obviously, just a couple of minutes ago, I did say that. Can they actually find the people who are, who are doing it and ban them? But if they can, that'd be a perfect example. Didn't, uh, they yeah. should definitely get banned from Formula 1. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it was. It's like... Like I'm just comparing it to football, for example. If like yeah, a country, I think they can because football, they, football fans, they do find those fans. Yeah, they find the fans because they've got cameras on all the yeah. stands. They know who's bought a ticket. They can trace you down. That's right, right yeah. Because it's normally season ticket holders that go to football as well. So for football, they can find the fans and give them lifetime bans if necessary. Yeah. Um, if it's international games, sometimes they'll ban the fans from travelling. So Or that country will have to play with no fans. It'll be like an empty yeah, stadium. Yeah. Um, but like for Formula One... Because it's not a team that's doing it. You can't like penalise a team saying, oh, your fans can't come, for example. Like in football, that happens. So yeah, if a country's football, racist, yeah, they say your fans can't come. Team, but it's that thing as Formula One. Even though you might bring one team's clothing or supporting a team in that sense, but then you're a fan of a different team. It's just that it just happened to be that you, you got the merchandise for a different team. Yeah. I don't think teams will get penalised. I think, and I don't think, the country or the track should get penalised, which I think it might come to just Austrian track that somehow that becoming an issue. I feel like it might, there might be some penalties on the track. Not, I don't want to, no, not on I the don't. track in that sense, but in a sense as in, who are they going to penalise for this? Yeah, that's what I was asking you. <laughs> Sorry. They can't penalise teams. That's out of the way. Yeah. It might just come down to something with Austrian. Finding the fans. Not that, I'm saying that, that somehow something to do with the track. Um, but no, in that, what I mean in that sense is not penalise the track. Imagine they come out and say, okay, next year there's going to be no fans here. Imagine that. Like no, they that. just take it off the grid. They Surely they just take it off the calendar. Oh, you wouldn't no. have an empty race. <laughs> you can't do that. No, either. instead of having like, oh, no fans allowed in Austria, then just don't race in Austria, right? That would be the same thing. Oh, yeah. Why would you take Formula One to Austria with no fans? Yeah. If he was going to penalise the track, you would take them off for a, for a year. year. Yeah. Rather than, you wouldn't have it empty. That, oh, that can be a good... That doesn't make sense, yeah. When I say that can be a good... Um, obviously, I'm Option. struggling to find the words there too. 
fit this correctly, but it is it being a good option, but it'd be a, it's, it's a good penalty as well. That there you go, then yeah, miss but, it out for a year, and then if it, if it happens again, then miss it out for another year and two years in a row or something, yeah. Because if it happens again, it, it's going to be more stricter than the first time, yeah, of course. If it, it, and a lot of times, even though we nobody would want to say, Oh, it will happen again, eventually it will. It Whatever happens. happens, something like there has to be a reaction to this. Yeah, it will right. happen. We just have to wait and see, to be honest. I think, oh, like, obviously, there's no race this weekend, but maybe something will come out of it. Like, they might just take, announce their action or see what they're going to do about it. Yeah, it depends how long the investigation will take. But yeah, they will have hopefully, because be, it won't be that long. Because it won't take. Even then, everybody knows who's where and who's who and who's there for tickets and stuff. Unless, but then again, if you're buying them at the gate, you're just walking in with nothing. Yeah, exactly. No, no ID, nothing. So. Yeah, I think we just have to wait and see what's announced for that, if anything is announced. Well, they made a statement, so you would hope there's going to be a follow-up to it. Mm, and yeah. it wasn't like, I don't think it was like a small incident where they can just brush it off. It was, then sometimes uh, a it lot, was of, a lot of people. That just because a statement's been made, some might just think, oh, that was enough. No, the statement was saying we're doing an investigation. Okay, yeah. I did read the statement. I just forgot about it right now. What it exactly said. I did actually read it on the way. But yeah. So yeah. That's another sad note to finish. Especially (laughs) after that. that. Does that bring us to the end of another episode? It does, I guess, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, thank you so much for listening, guys. And we'll be back next week. There is no race. So the week after. And we'll catch you then. Thank you.